Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. And we're uh, stuttering along here on what has turned out to be not quite as regular a recording schedule as we had hoped, Aaron. Mm, well, yeah. I mean, I don't like making excuses, but okay. it wasn't our fault last time. <laughs> yeah, technical difficulties. Yeah. Let's blame it on the power utilities. Yeah, I mean, a weird one, though. I yeah. Mean, not even one you could expect. So. <laughs> Things happen. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're upset out there because you don't understand things happen, screw you. <laughs> no, no, wait. I retract that. That was unloving. That was unloving, yes. I, I don't know what I'll replace it with. I'll think about it later in the show, perhaps. Okay, all right. Well, I got to tell you, I'm in a great mood. I'm, uh, I filled in. I've done newcomer meetings on the Samson website for three days straight. Usually I just do Saturday morning and Sunday morning, but... Uh, uh, Dr. Tom Mocha was unavailable to do the Monday one today, so I did it. And so I've gotten to meet new guys every day, three days in a row. And, uh, you know, just kind of introduce them into this new world. Okay, can I be nice to you for a moment? Yeah. You get really excited meeting new guys. Uh-huh. And my first thought would be, oh, so you must get bored with old guys. <laughs> but you don't. No. I don't even understand your capacity to both enjoy new people and old people. I honestly don't have the capacity for both most of the time. Yeah. So I'm just I'm throwing that. I'm being nice. Yeah. Well, it's, ju- it's just such a joy. And I'll tell you, I feel like uh, I-, I, love, I love being on the front end of things. And I love pulling guys into the boat, you know? They're just about gone, and you get to, you know, pull them into the boat and let them know life's going to get better. I think what you're saying could be misunderstood by people mm-hmm. uh, to either be like a savior complex or, you know, there's a lot of bad yeah, ways yeah, it yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. but it's not. No, no, and, no. and just this I'm morning. I'm not the savior, but the boat is. I'm de- <laughs> yeah, and this morning I got to talk with one of our, our friends from Scotland, uh-huh. and I felt the exact same way. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. we got to keep talking. Like yeah. we're, this is this is too fun, and I think that's the the joy of being in the process. Yeah. It, it really is a joy. Yeah. You're not just serving other people. It's not just a ministry, brother. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. <laughs> so it's it's good to hear you say that. And I felt the same thing this morning. And I'll tell you, I've also uh, gotten a uh, on just a nice happy buzz this last week uh, as we as things are accelerating for the fall retreat, which is now less than two months away. Already we have more guys registered than came last year. Um, we've, so we've added a couple of workshops. Uh, so it's, it's official now. Tom Ryan's coming back, and he's going to do a workshop on shame. Tom's coming back. You bet your – you bet he is. Are they my balls or my butt? I, I was going to say your ass. I suppose oh. I should say that. Well, yeah, he's coming back. And, and K.K. Ray is coming. So K.K. is a first. We have never had a woman attend, much less present, at a Samson Society retreat. And she's come to talk about the brain and trauma and all that kind of stuff. So Wait, she's attending? You're not just bringing her in for, like, the one, <laughs> like, hour and then escorting her off the premises? Uh, yeah. No, we're not doing that. We're actually allow her, allowing K.K. Look, K.K. is, is tougher than 90% of the men I know. <laughs> really i mean she's all woman but i'll tell you what this that she is a tough lady and and strong and she's going to bring a great message so awesome yeah well i 
I'm excited. And just on my drive over here, Samuel is working nights at McCreary's. Uh, he was so excited to get to serve the pirate monks at the pub. Okay. And he said, oh, so when's the next thing? I said, oh, it's the first weekend of November. He said, all right. So I'm excited to be there. And I was like, you're 19 and a half, dude. You need to, you need to sign yourself up for That's this. Right. <laughs> That's good. But I love the moment of, I just assume I'm allowed to come. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm excited he'll be there. I do have a bit of bad news about the retreat. We have filled all the private rooms and the semi-private rooms. All that is left is bunkhouse. But there are two levels of bunkhouse. Okay, There's vintage bunkhouse, which is like what you remember from youth camp. Okay, Long building, one big room, small bathroom at the end. It's cool. It's, it'll be a great uh, nostalgic weekend for you if mm -hmm. you stay. And that's yeah. the cheapest one. Yeah, and you're likely to wake up with your hand in a warm <laughs> bowl of water. And <laughs> that's right. We'll be there. One radiant one, one cabin will be raiding another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll that's happen. it all. Sure it will. Yeah. Sure it will. Uh, uh, but then there is the step up. There is the lodge bunkhouse, where, where the the mattresses are thicker, um, the rooms are bigger. There are lots of electrical outlets, nice big bathrooms, and living areas and kitchenettes and decks with rocking chairs so uh it's it's all good yeah and we already said we're bringing well we said this last week or which uh -huh. it hasn't aired yet so i guess i gotta reverse all of this uh, we're bringing earplugs we'll make I have sure you have earplugs. earplugs yeah i have them with me right now so yeah everybody will be issued earplugs it's no problem you can sleep in a bunkhouse you'll do great <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh hey another uh installment of our new uh, feature, beginning feature of the Pirate Monk Podcast, we have a mini-meeting coming up with guys from around the country. And that's happening right now. Welcome to this meeting of the Samson Society, guys. We are a company of Christian men. We are also natural loners who have recognized the dangers of isolation and are determined to escape them. We are natural wanderers who are finding spiritual peace and prosperity at home. And we are natural liars who are finding freedom in the truth. We are natural judges who are learning how to judge ourselves aright. And we are natural strongmen who are experiencing God's strength as we admit our weaknesses. As Christians, we meet at other times for worship, for teaching, or for corporate prayer. Today, however, we meet to talk. Our purpose is to assist one another in our common journey. We do so by sharing honestly out of our own personal experience, the challenges and encouragements of daily Christian living in a fallen world. Our faith rests in the love of God as it is revealed in his word and in the life of his son. This is the great fact of the gospel, which is the foundation of our charter. We have reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own personal experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love and hold whatever we say in Strict confidence. We try to keep our comments brief, taking care, plenty, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole, avoiding, uh, sorry, trying to avoid directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. Today's topic is boredom. So the floor is open. 
Maybe I'll start. Hey guys, I'm Mike. Hey, hey Mike. Mike. Hey. So boredom is uh, really a, a difficult trigger for me. Um, I I really struggle with unstructured time. Honestly, I I do really really well when I'm busy. I tell everybody I'd much rather be busy than bored, and there is so much truth to that in my life. Um, I have a, a real challenge with downtime. Honestly, um, I have. I don't think I've ever known anything such as healthy downtime, even though that is supposed to be a real thing for self-care. I've never known that concept because in my past, in my life, downtime leads to danger time and acting out. And so I, my way for years and years, most of my adult life of trying to combat my addiction was to not have downtime. That was my simple solution. If I don't have downtime, I it's one step down one one step closer to you know healthy living or being pure and uh so boredom to me is that danger zone it's that real kind of yellow flag warning of hey hey we got to watch out you know there's stuff happening and i find myself even during the week as rare as it is every once in a while i'll have a day like i had one last week where all of a sudden for various circumstances my entire afternoon opened I mean, like I was booked and then all of a sudden every meeting I had canceled, which is like freakishly weird, but it's real. But that to me is like warning bells are going off in my head and klaxons are sounding like, you know, danger will Robbins, danger will Robbins, because that is a danger time for me. And I really have to focus on staying the course of I just because my afternoon cleared doesn't mean that it's, you know, freebie playtime it means I still have work to do, but I have to really be intentional about staying focused and finding things. So I keep myself a to-do list and during the week I just add to it, even though I carry a to-do list of a ton of things that I'll never get done. But the point in doing that is when I get bored time, that's where I go is what do I do? What do I do? Because I can't just have unaccountable time. That unaccountable time is just too much of a danger for me. So Boredom is really a trigger that I, I struggle with. And I know it's part of that acronym, you know, the BS halt thing. But yeah, that B is a big, 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 big B in my life. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. 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 I'm Lonnie. Hey, hey, Lonnie. Hey, Ben. <laughs> um, you know, when I think of boredom, I, what comes to my mind is being alone. And... Uh, being alone, boredom and being alone has been a real big trigger for me. Uh, I hated being alone. Uh, I, I took a, being alone as feeling abandoned. And uh, so, so, it, so it all kind of interconnects for me. Uh, so, you know, over the years, um, you know, I would throw up all these objections for people to leave the house. And, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with being alone. Uh, between the boredom and all the voices rolling around in my head. It was just very, like Mike said, it was just, it was triggers for me. It was a dangerous time for me. Um, and, you know, you know that, you know that you're on the right path when, uh, you know, I, I had this happen just a few weeks ago and it was, it was really such an awesome evening. I, uh, I come home on a Saturday evening and the house was empty. And, um, uh, man, I was able to, you know, sit in the, 
in our little sitting room and just be alone and be quiet and uh, had joy in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 52 years old, and that was the first time in my life I ever recalled being able to be able to sit alone and not have anything to do and just be okay with being there. Uh, so so I, I have found some healing, I feel like, in my boredom that I can, that I'm, what I'm trying to learn how to do now is to replace that boredom with uh, more quiet time, meditation and things like that to kind of help me, help me deal with it. But I shared this with Ben a few weeks ago. I, I give up one of my favorite things to do as a pastime, you know, and uh, incidentally, Ben, I picked it back, I picked it back up. Uh, but so there's things I do like Mike that keeps me occupied. So I don't have downtime because it generally is dangerous. Uh, but um, boredom has, has definitely been a big, a big trigger for uh, my, uh, my struggle. Uh, and I'm, as I'm moving and, and uh, exercising the daily disciplines that we, that we talk about in Samson, those are helping me deal with my boredom. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's where I'm at with that subject. Thanks, I'm Lonnie. Thanks, Lonnie. Hey, guys, I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Lonnie, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Yeah, I... The, the fear of being alone is something I feel like I've been running from my whole life. Like if you do the kind of the Jay Stringer, um, you know, recreation kind of concept with acting out type behavior, you know, I go back to the first time I was exposed to pornography when I was home alone, when I was about nine, 10 years old, you know, home unaccounted for time, no adults around, found pornography in my dad's closet. And it was as if I was recreating that moment every time I was alone in a hotel room, you know, for work for years and years, you know, unaccounted for, no adults around. So inner Ben parts are going to recreate that moment. I might as well have put a magazine in a closet and like acted out the whole scene again. Um, and it's just amazing how still those parts of me show up that are fearful of being alone. Um, to this day, you know, I work at home. And so there's a lot of alone time. I even live in a house that looks like my childhood house. So there's probably parts of me that think I'm still there. And it's really difficult because um, like there are just inner firefighters within me just sounding the alarm like, hey, man, you know, you're being rejected. You're not being listened to. Um, I mean, I even was doing some therapy work the other day. And I had this recurring dreams as kids where I, I had this wolf figure that would always scare me away from these these parts of my grandmother's house that I thought were kind of scary. And I always thought like he was this mean part of me. Like, you know, I always had to avoid him and maybe he was symbolic of like my dad or something like that. And come to find out as I'm talking to this part of me, he's like a protector who is really sheltering me from going into those parts of like really feeling alone. And man, when I tapped into that the other day in therapy, like, it's just, it was so overwhelming that sense because it, and it really drives so much of what I do. Like I'm a very much a performance type person an achiever type, like I'm a three on the Enneagram. So that's just my nature to garnish love through my performance. And then, Oh, I also have a two wing. So there's a people pleasing aspect to what I do. So naturally I'm going to try to achieve through pleasing others. So I'm, I'm, it just seems like my whole a lot of what I do anyway is constructed around that fear of being alone. 
Um, and like you said, that boredom is is ground zero for that too for me. So thanks guys, I'm Ben. Thanks Ben. Thanks Ben. Thanks Ben. Hey guys, I'm John. Hey John. Hey John. Oh, boredom's an interesting word for me. I it's and I'm going to talk about it two different ways. I I can't say that uh, what I think of as boredom, meaning I I just don't have anything to do, has ever been an issue for me. There's always something to do. And in fact, I I crave I actually crave alone time, and, and not necessarily in a bad way. I'm introspective by nature, so I enjoy my mornings alone. My my wife is a she's the type that when she wakes up she wants to talk right away and she loves being chatty first thing in the morning and I like to be alone and and uh, do my thing for the first part of the morning so I've I've always craved uh, and um, and valued alone time like that um, and so uh, so boredom to me the way I address boredom in my life if I'm it's usually I'm bored with the things that I need to do so I have things to do. And I'm bored with them, and I don't want to do them. And I'm I'm not good at it yet. But what I try to do is just be thankful for those things, because there could be a lot other things that would be a lot worse. And when I'm thankful for the things I have to do in the context of my entire life, and especially in my recovery, then I, it helps me be less bored with those things that I, I need to do in that moment or for that day. But the, the other angle I'll take is just being alone, because uh, like many of us, and like I heard some of you guys talk, being alone. Uh, particularly in, in recovery and before is is uh, it can be a bad thing because we would I would seek to be alone so I could do the things that um, I didn't I shouldn't be doing and um, I have guys ask me that in Silas relationships you know what do I do when I'm alone and I'm I'm struggling and and that's uh, I don't know that I have a good answer for that for me it's always go outside go outside and walk and um, and uh, so. I, I distinguish being bored from being alone, and that's how it affects uh, my life. So thank you. I'm John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. We have reached the end of our sharing meeting, and our meeting is now coming to a close. I was born so small and weak. No bottle could I touch or take until the nurse the order gave. Go get that child some porter. Give that child some porter. Well, when to man's estate I grew, my medicine chest no bottles knew of pills or potions, powders blue, but simple draughts of porter. Oh, give that child some porter. And we are back on the Pirate Monk podcast with a returning guest. Maybe not everybody will remember. MJ's been with us before. Yes, I have. Yes, he has. Michael Johnson. But, the, but we're in the same room right now. All here. Yeah, yeah. In this yeah. area. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I, it's, <laughs> I feel the beauty. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Michael is the chancellor of Future Marriage University. FMU. I am as of now. <laughs> I wasn't the chancellor until like I felt like you should have a sword and you like kind of do my shoulders and you, you are now chancellor. You, you look like 
Dumbledore all of a sudden yeah. like you didn't a minute ago. <laughs> I do more of a Gandalf than a Dumbledore. It's the <laughs> same character. Well, I guess that's true. All right, but so MJ and his wife Julie have uh, a mission. Yeah. To young people, to single people. Yeah. To uh, prepare them for the realities of marriage life and for marriage itself. Yeah. Right? And even when you say as soon as you say I mean we we want to get so far ahead of it. We want before they fall in love, preferably before they date, uh-huh. that they have a vision for what they think dating is supposed to do for them. Mm-hmm. They understand the difference between the goal of dating, which, okay, marriage is a good goal, but the purpose of dating might not to be to get married. It might be just to get to know the person. Yeah. That's always good to start there. <laughs> Well, so. uh, now, uh, correct me here. Yep. It seems to me that there was a very, uh, uh, there was a, a best-selling book that was on the charts for a long time. Oh, say it. I hope you're saying what I'm thinking. Uh, written by a guy whose name now should not be uttered in polite <laughs> Christian company. We're keeping with the uh, uh-huh. Harry Potter theme. I like that. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I, I, who kissed ga- dating goodbye. Mm-hmm. Somehow dating was unchristian. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on the fallout of that message? Yeah, well, I mean, I do think, uh, I think he was well-intentioned. Oh, I'm sure he was. Whatever he who shall not be named uh, (laughs) says about himself back then before. Um, But yeah, it's not in the name. It's really in, I mean, what, what is it that, I mean, for some people, courtship, is this Gestapo level of legalism. Mm -hmm. And for other people, I'm courtship when I they explain to me what they're doing I'm like that sounds a lot like dating just like the world does it actually uh-huh. I don't really see any different except like you got dad's permission yeah. <laughs> yeah so we just you know we want to talk we give date hacks dating don'ts and just you know guidelines on just dating in a way that's wise yeah. and smart and and a lot of it comes specifically from a biblical worldview even though uh, the Greek word data lotto doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> so I just made that one up. It's good. That data lotto. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, sounds yeah. like a d- dessert. So, so give us give us give us a dating hack. Okay, well a date hack would, would be something as, as simple as friends first. Okay. Um, you know, so many and this is people in the church, people in the world, they think, well, first date, I should feel something. Yeah. No. First date, you should just, do you like being with the person enough to maybe have a second date? Yeah. I don't think so. Then, boom. Or, you know, but this whole idea of, I've got to feel something. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. We, we encourage people to stay focused on facts mm-hmm. over feelings. Okay. So what do you know about this person? Well, I know I like them. Yeah. So what do you, what do you know about them? <laughs> right. I know their name. Yeah. What? Do you know about them? Do you know their background? Do you know, uh, and beyond just their likes and yeah. dislikes and whatever your uh, your um, your likes and dislikes intersect with them? I mean, what what are their values? What are their convictions? Do you know the difference between their values and their convictions? I mean, mm-hmm. I have lots of values, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to convictions things narrow significantly because a conviction is something that I'm going to stand on. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to defend to the death. And a value, like I had the value of sexual purity when I dated my wife, Julie mm-hmm. Marie. 
And I want um, you to pause to think right now. Whatever you're about to say <laughs> involves her. Yes. Okay, go on. Yes, exactly. I had a, a real value. I really, honest to goodness, Aaron and Nate, I valued sexual purity. But it clearly wasn't that much of a conviction because, man, mm-hmm. we, we did things that mm-hmm. were dishonorable. Right. And you can each, when we're done with this broadcast, I'd like you to pat me on the back because we were virgins when mm-hmm. we got married. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a sticker, someone. But I told, we were not sexually pure. Right, yeah. It was, it was horrendous yeah. what I did. Yeah. So all that to say, that's a difference between convictions and values. Yeah. And a lot of people are just like, well, they, they say they love church they go to once a quarter they say they love sexual purity which means they don't want to actually have penetration yeah right Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm using hand signals right now if you can't (laughs) see on the podcast there's a lot of (laughs) visuals so so help help me okay i met nate um on a date no 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 and we had convictions (laughs) Okay. That's sorry. Wrong. You just yeah, off okay. track. I like okay. okay. I met Nate in prison. <laughs> no. Even harder to come back. Okay. Uh I met Nate <laughs> <laughs> waiting. Yeah, go ahead. When uh when I had to teach at a conference on what are the topics? Fantasy, porn, masturbation, and dating boundaries. Those yes. were the four topics. Yes. And I didn't want to do that alone. So I met Nate. And you didn't want yeah. to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily I had the dating boundaries part. Yeah. Uh, so it's I mean, it's such a big deal. It was a college thing, all mm-hmm. college kids. Mm-hmm. And the dating boundaries one was the hardest for them mm-hmm. because they'd all be like, Well, well, not all. They're the people that were compelled would say, well, there's no Bible verse for that. There's no, you know, you can't. So later, I I developed these four phases of dating, and, right. I, and I would like you to address the first one. Cool. Which kind of has the dating boundaries, I think. Um, when you first start dating a person, you're not out of phase one until you know what kind of asshole they are, which means you know what you can barely stand about them, which mm-hmm. usually takes six to nine months. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be on your best behavior. Yeah. And that physical intimacy and inappropriate emotional intimacy mm-hmm. and inappropriate spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. I've never been closer to God than since I've been with him. Oh. All of those things create a situation where it's hard to get to the asshole and go, yep, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at their worst, they'll always act like that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be fixed. Yeah. So until I know what kind of an asshole a person is, I cannot say, yeah, uh, I want to be with them or I don't want to be with them. And the physical intimacy, those boundaries, emotional, physical, spiritual, mm-hmm. make it impossible at that point for me to let go, or not impossible, makes it much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So give me some feedback to phase one. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's, that's great points because, yeah, as soon as you're engaging and sexual intimacy you have all the, well even you know not if it's all the way just you have all the oxytocin right. and all that stuff that's bonding, bonding chemicals that are being, yeah even when i am being a jerk or whatever there's this halo effect of well i'm sure he's really not like that or we we discount it or we talk it away and then i talk to people that are in relationships like this and it's like yeah but could you really accept 
could you really accept that they did that that's not right you know but with that and then man you talk about the spirit this, this too spiritual intimacy too fast mm -hmm. guilty man yeah i i was i was racing towards that but that doesn't i can see how that was not allowing me to be my true self not like my true self isn't spiritual but uh to be honest mm -hmm. and more vulnerable so how do we even define i mean th these are three different sections mm -hmm. that i think are are really huge for our hearts. Mm -hmm. If I'm revealing all my secrets and my hopes and my dreams and you're the only one that knows, that binds me to you. Yeah. That's intimacy. So how do we even define intimacy? Well, Physical, emotional, spiritual. I think an, another guy who ought to be on this podcast someday, by the way, though he doesn't live here, Dr. Uh, John Van Epp, brilliant guy, can, uh, organization called Love Thinks, and he has this very, very very simple what he calls a relational attachment model he's actually a doctor by the way so he actually knows things i make up all this crap but but he has this and he, and he does it and you'll like this too be in the music industry it, it's like literally like sliders on the soundboard uh -huh. and the first one is no and the second one is trust and the third one is uh depend and the th fourth one is commit and the fifth one is touch and the way it's supposed to work is, is you never trust anyone more than you know them. So you start out with just the knowledge part. And then, so you can see the sliders in your mind as you're watching on the podcast, mm -hmm. listening on the podcast. So as long as I'm trusting them as much as I know them, then I only will depend on them as much as I trust them. I'm only going to commit to them as much as I can depend on them. But bottom line is if you can keep that that in order where you're making sure okay do i really know this person well enough to trust them trust them on this level because again going back to that spiritual intimacy thing yeah, yeah. i just met you and you seem like a real person so i'll just share all yeah you know my crazy stuff i might <laughs> i might on the very first date with who is now my wife now granted we were just going on a date as friends and at that point in time, I had the illusion that my pornography habit was in the past because the internet hadn't been invented yet by Al Gore. <laughs> and so I was able to be like, hey, I looked at internet back in high school when I was at certain people's homes. And then I confessed it at church camp my senior year, which I did. And that's in the past. Yeah, yeah. Boom. And yeah, maybe that wasn't really a great plan for the first date with Julie, I mean, that, I'd said that like it took yeah. up the whole conference. That's all we talked about. Oh no, God. but no, I mean, no. but okay. you, but you told her that you had looked at porn, and, and that, and that it was, and it was, and it was done. Yeah, it was over. Not, yeah, and again, how, not how, trying to win her no, as a girlfriend. How did she respond? Because I'm, I'm thinking of another situation that's so similar, and and it was painfully horrible for the young man mm -hmm. because he was trying to be like super honorable in it, like yeah. I'm just going to be honest. But it was too much honesty, and yeah. she was ill-equipped. So, I mean, here you are, senior camp. She was a senior, too, or was no, she No, no, I'm just saying, that oh, it was at sorry. camp in high school where I was like, where I confessed, confessed it. So really, it was like kind of part of my testimony ah. that I have had victory over sexual pornography. <laughs> and, you know, I really think since we were just out as friends and she knew it wasn't, um, I wasn't trying to like, you know, turn her into my girlfriend. It was like, oh, okay, TMI, and that was that. Okay. Um, so but, she rolled with it, yeah. but wasn't comfortable with yeah, it. Yeah, no, but if... Your friend's situation, probably more of a 
he wanted her to be his girlfriend and yeah, trying to be honest and like let's talk yeah. through this yeah and it, that is hard because um i think that needs to come out before a real serious dating and relationship has has started i think it's probably best not to get in the middle of a of a serious date but that goes back to what you said about the nine months of dating just to get to know the person, mm -hmm. paying attention to how does how do they talk about people behind their back, and how do you know all those sort of things that it's really easy to see that a hole thing that you mm -hmm. talked about that yeah. uh, I don't uh, but keeping yeah. your radar up, and then after those nine months or so, to you know yeah. okay well I think I'd like to actually date you right. like thinking maybe we might want to get married but before we do that yeah, that's only the end of phase one there's not the marriage conversation for a few more phases yeah. but yeah yeah i mean it, it is the i mean if i was to ask you and don't answer this because <laughs> you know i i'm an oversharer already <laughs> thanks for telling me ahead of time if if i said well to any of our listeners whether it's your your husband or your wife? I know we have lady listeners out uh -huh. there. What What's the thing that like drives you the most insane about them? Right. Any of us that have been married, we know exactly what. Sure. That is. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, it's just that the slow process of not getting in the way of that. Mm -hmm. But practically, back to that young man, because we're talking about, hey, let it, let's be honorable. Let's figure out how to be honest, but then hold that in appropriate balance, mm -hmm. and knowing that most. Uh, maybe it's not true for the younger generation anymore. I don't know. I haven't done college ministry for a while. Most young women have not been equipped to have that conversation. So what a guy who maybe has been in a group of men who have been talking about it, what he's meaning to articulate, she's only hearing as like, what, he's some kind of pervert addict? Or mm -hmm. are you saying, I'm ugly and mm -hmm. you got to look at other women? Mm -hmm. All those things, that's probably not what he means. So how do you even help a young lady to be equipped for that because even if it's appropriate for him it might not be appropriate for her yeah what do you do yeah that is a great that's a question i'm not supposed to answer no no <laughs> it was the <laughs> what kind of yeah yeah you know that's uh that is a tough one and i mean my daughters understand that because you know i've been vulnerable and honest with them about not just personally but like this is the thing you right. need to know that um and I think that's, it's a crime to think that a, that a late teens, 20-something-year-old, 30-something-year-old female first conversation she'd have about something like this is with a guy that wants to maybe marry her in the future. That's pretty sad. No, mm -hmm. I think, you know, we need to be having these conversations that this is, this is like whatever your temptation is pretend it was in a bowl on the table in front of you wherever you went and how strong are you going to be at resisting that i mean that is internet porn and if they can of course the female has to be honest about her stuff too right 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 yeah let's not <laughs> so, let's not assume that it's going to be solely his yeah. issue but if you know if, if she can be honest about that uh yeah my biggest temptation in a bowl in front of me all the time, mm -hmm. probably gonna be messing up a lot. 
Yeah. Well, then that helps give a little grace for, well, that's kind of pretty much the world. Unless the guy's gotten rid of his smartphone, doesn't have Wi-Fi at home, only has Internet at work, yeah. and everybody at work has things. Is within, Amish. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, they know but IT. But then there was that like, Rumspringer or whatever it is. <laughs> so how, how do you, uh, I mean, because you said they need to have this conversation mm -hmm. because it's important for the future. There's almost no chance that any young woman mm -hmm. is going to be marrying any guy that pornography was yeah. not a part of his deal. I like know. that's, I know. that's that's a teeny sliver of guys. And then you're a little worried about how did you even end up in a situation where you weren't exposed <laughs> to it? Like that's scary too. But then you also have what Nate said, which is a, a larger group of young ladies now that are exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So. I, there's a few different things in there. One is creating proper expectations. Yeah. Because I, I have a 13-year-old daughter. I, I know she's not going to meet some guy. I, I would seriously be suspicious of a guy she meets when she's like 17, 18, 19. Mm -hmm. He's like, never seen porn. Like I would actually have way more questions. Yeah, that's right, mm -hmm. yeah. But that doesn't make me happy about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Preparing her, I mean, you said you've had this relationship with your daughters, daughter, yeah. daughters, 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 yeah. how many daughters do you have? I have two. Okay. Uh, one is 18 and one just turned 21. Okay. So, great. You can speak to me because I'm sure there are other listeners in my boat. Mm -hmm. uh, I have three sons. Mm -hmm. Totally fine talking about this with them. Yeah. Uh, daughter, harder. Yeah. You know, I... I I try to push Julie to do a lot of that mm -hmm. because uh, it comes easier from woman to woman. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, I, 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 I get, as I've already confessed, an oversharer. <laughs> so probably several this. conversations that I've had with my wife after having the conversations <laughs> with my daughters. So I would say, like, don't do what I did. But, but seriously, for, for moms to, to be, well, and of course, then that has to start with the husband and wife being right. open about really the way things are but and then the mom being able to have that perspective of the female and and yeah. to be able to convey that much more mm -hmm. tenderly than a father you know and i think it's also real important we have to be able to disclose the ugly realities of today's highly sexualized world and the pervasiveness of pornography and the fact that virtually all of us have been exposed to it and thereby affected by it and uh, if we have uh, if we have not gotten some distance and some healing from that acting out, our arousal template has been uh, impacted. May very well influence inhibit our own enjoyment of sexual intimacy. Yes. Right. We yes. do know that's the case. Right now, as uh, you know, Samson guys probably know because I repeat this statistic often the most recent uh, studies confirm multiple studies confirm that the rate of erectile dysfunction among males 18 to 35 is above 30 percent unbelievable uh, and so urologists have a new diagnosis porn induced erectile dysfunction that's the bad news the good news is that that damage is reversible. God gave us this wonderful self-healing brain. But it's not going to happen by our private, personal exercise of willpower. 
that healing comes about within a healing community. It has to be in connection. It has to be uh, in authenticity. It can be a remarkable boost to our own personal growth and spiritual maturity. Uh, and I think that that both partners uh, need to be engaged in that journey, yeah. whatever their medication has been. Yeah. And if a guy is really fully engaged in the recovery journey, I don't care how far he's gone in pornography because I believe in healing and restoration, and I've seen it and experienced it. Yeah. We need to be able to, 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 to give that hope to our young people as yeah. well. Yeah. Because most of them, we're giving them warnings af- long after the horse left the barn. Yeah. It, it really is, pisses is that me. The, is that what the kids are calling it now? Yeah, the horse yeah I think it barn? is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're Amish, it's, so of course. <laughs> it's, it's such a waste of time. You know, the, there's a Christian school that would bring me in to talk to the graduating seniors. What to the yeah to the graduating seniors mm. about porn and sex. The graduating seniors. <laughs> Come on, mm. and and we would do it in the in the uh, me, I can't in the even boy, laugh at that. We would do it at the boys' it's... locker room. Uh, and I don't know what the girls were being told, but oh, but that's a, it's just so late. No, please, yeah, it's too late. But but those are all vital questions. What yeah. were the girls trying in the locker room? Yeah. Probably not learning how to have the conversation. Yeah, not feeling free to disclose yeah i've looked at porn too yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah. yeah so yeah but painful. at that point the porn but even when i'm talking to seniors I, I, my message cannot be uh don't look at porn no. i mean that has to be part of it right. but uh, <laughs> that that that's gone that's over that has to be one of hope and recovery yeah absolutely man this is this whole thing i mean even what you're doing i mean i i think about I got to be a part of that 17 years ago, 15 years ago, and so much has changed. Just having this conversation, I'm like, man, there's so many of those conversations that aren't yeah. even applicable. Crazy. Yeah, yeah culture's like, changing so quickly. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the difference between dating between 1940 and 50 and say, well, there were some pretty big changes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pretty much from 1400 to 1800, there wasn't that much right, change. Right, right, this right. is just exponential yeah, but in the really last is. 10 years so well, yeah and then even more so so it's all these things where the messages that we learned even in the 70s or the 80s it, it's like no we need to have more of a hope we need to have more of a recovery piece in there because there's also so much accidental exposure mm-hmm. i'm thinking of someone that i will leave as anonymous as i can but they were like 10 and stumbled upon while while looking up something for their favorite uh, book, like, yeah, like ten year old book. Yeah, they ended up stumbling upon an erotic fan fiction version, yeah, and being like confused and horrified, and so and excited at the same time. Perhaps, yeah. none of my business with this particular person. Okay, but yes, what you're saying is true. Mm. I'm sorry, this person is too closely linked to me and mm-hmm. that makes oh, it harder okay but that's an honest moment of that makes it harder yeah because yeah. that might be a true thing oh. yeah and that uh it's it's messy yeah. yeah well i mean it was uh who was it uh blue like jazz yeah and Don his, 
his description of when he first saw porn. Do you remember what it was? No, I don't. I finally saw what I felt gave the grass its green <laughs> and the sky its blue. <laughs> and without ever knowing I needed one, I finally had a reason to live. <laughs> Naked women. I read that to my wife, which that's a paraphrase. That's not an exact yeah, quote, yeah. but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I read that to my wife, yeah. actually out of the book, so it was a quote then. Yeah. Julie looked at me with this disgusted look, and she said, is that how you felt? I'm like, <laughs> well, yep, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Sums it up. But you talk about you know fan fiction, internet. I mean, I found my first pornographic magazine under a log in the woods. Yeah, it's like Satan throughout all of history. I mean, was he just planting porn magazines under logs <laughs> yeah. all over the place? And because I've talked to more than one kid yeah. that's been like founded in some sort of weird yeah. exotic. Woods, barns, attics, garages, I hear them all, yeah. yeah. Oh. Mine was a, Furnaces. a homeless person's stash under a tree in the river behind my house. There you oh. go. It's so criminal. But we know what they're really looking for. Right. Of which porn is, is just mm -hmm. a, a shadow. Right. Um, a, 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 an imposter at yeah. worst. It's a con. And even at best, in marriage, in a healthy marital sex life, sex is still not the oneness. Mm -hmm. It facilitates and represents the oneness, which is a relational intimacy, knowing and being known. Yeah, that's right. Which is, of course, I know what, what yeah. I say, I know, it, that's what Sam's Society is all yeah. about, sure, is exactly. getting guys together to be like, yeah. I have been dying for this connection my whole life. And I experienced that in quite not as dramatic a way mm -hmm. going to college when I went to Baylor. Remember my my porn problems in the past. Yeah, right. Now, so I thought, because the internet hadn't been invented yet. But um, I, I went to Baylor and I started making these great guy friends, which brings to mind a quote yeah. that you said last time on us on this broadcast, which I have never forgotten and I've quoted over and over again referencing you so that's probably where you get all that additional okay yeah you know, but that we all have same sex needs uh -huh. they're just not sexual mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my and that's what i got i got my same sex needs met at mm -hmm. baylor university my freshman year in college like i'd never had met before i didn't even know i had these needs just guys to be in my business and know who i am and think i'm okay anyway and and not only did that help with sexual fantasy that helped with the whole drop you know, i went to school so i was going to get a girlfriend after about a couple of months at baylor i didn't need a girlfriend so much i just and i didn't know why but mm -hmm. when i look back it's because oh it's because those relational needs were being met the way they were well, supposed to boy <coughs> and if you started dating someone you wouldn't have had the need to do the emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy dump on that person yeah because there's tons of intimacy we can have with exactly friends. exactly okay but what you're saying is important in that when we're talking about young people learning how to date uh, middle-aged people learning how to date whatever <laughs> you I, i'm sorry can i stop you there a second judy w if you're listening comments on one of my youtube videos and she says you probably think you're re reaching 20 to 30 something year old people but i'm a 64 year old widow and she goes your videos are helping us uh, walk in. I, I'm in a new relationship with this this man, and your videos are helping us try out this new way 
of growing in intimacy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. yes, new. Julie and I made it up. We just we tell this is brand new. This just came in. It's been in the Bible for all thousands of years. But isn't that funny? So anyway, but going back to what you said. So yeah, uh, it's it's so typical that we start with the practical. What are the dating boundaries? Which mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm still gonna press you on exactly right. what am I allowed to do? But anyways, that's yeah. That's the practical. Before that has to come everything you just said. What's the point? Mm-hmm. What am I even going for? Mm-hmm. So if you were to wrap this up with, okay, before we do all of those practicals, what are we shooting for in dating? What does a young person need to know? What does Judy W. need to know? Yeah. It was Judy, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. Judy W. What, what's, the, what's the first? I, our, our definition for purpose-driven dating is, is that the purpose of dating is growing in intimacy that might lead to a life-giving, lifelong marriage. But the, perp- the purpose is not marriage. The goal is marriage. The purpose is just just that growing in intimacy. You can have four stages, mm-hmm. uh, three stages. I don't care how many stages you have, but there ought to be stages. I want to have seven stages. You, you can May have I? seven okay, stages. Good. Okay, good. But, and again, and it's much, I don't get so much into the stages form as much as that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that outline that I shared with you from Dr. John Van Epp or just being... You're, you're gathering information like you would for a good job that you want to succeed at. You don't walk into the place and like, this is this is a sexy looking place. I really like how this is done. I love your website. Let's have this job. No, you're... They for want to the make, rest of our lives. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, I want to make sure that this, the, the actual position is a good fit for me. And this company is a good fit for me. And that we're going to get, you know, but they don't do it that way. It's They start off with a feeling. They start off with this emotion. It's very difficult, as you already said near the beginning of this broadcast, very difficult to get down to the facts when you're already so much Twitter-pated, whether it is sexual or romantic Mm -hmm. or spiritual intimacy, and you can't get to just the pragmatics of, is this a person I'm going to like? You know, I I know a guy that dated a girl for four years. Great girl. Wonderful girl crazy parents and she couldn't separate herself from them Mm. four years it took this kid to figure that out that he didn't want that the rest of his life exactly and yet uh, and and i don't recommend four years of of dating either by the way that that's but but look look at what happened and and it was a long distance relationship so that takes longer and everything Mm. but but just for people to be wise about this and um, yes, falling in love is awesome, but let me tell you what's more awesome, growing in love. And that's what happened with that girl that I overshared with on our mm-hmm. first date. Fortunately, you know, over sophomore or junior year, we got to just know each other as friends. And no, I didn't talk about porn every time, thank goodness, but we just got to know each other better and better and better. <laughs> I was picturing it. So you didn't seem to get this last time. <laughs> Let me explain it again. <laughs> All right, keep going what you said. Yeah. I created so, a scenario. So in my I mind. hope that I hope that gives a picture. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 guidelines is that you're just trying to get to know the person, which is what everybody says. I want to date him. I want to get to know him. And what that really means is uh, I want to get in lip lock. And and, mm-hmm. and as soon as you get into that, it's uh, and you wanted to get into the boundaries. And it's like as soon as you get into that, the actual relational intimacy potential goes out the door. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. That's right. one of the reasons why it's easier to learn how to grow in relational intimacy with people of the same gender who are not attracted to you, which we now uh-huh. have to say. Right, right, sure. Mm-hmm. Just platonic relationships with same gender people where you can just be who you are and you don't have to wonder if they're going to hit on you or fall yeah. for you or you for them. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't know how to start that, like find a, a, another guy. Yeah. Do you think like, you, you know what, I seem to click with this person. Yep. And then go up to them and say, I want to work on emotional intimacy with someone, and uh, I'd like to do it with you. And, and then <laughs> I wouldn't even use the intimacy word. <laughs> Could we be like best, best friends? <laughs> but you can meet some great guys in a virtual Samson meeting and Woo-hoo. can start your uh, building your emotional intimacy skills there. Yeah, and I, I, I make that joke, but I don't want to minimize that point. Yeah. It really is yeah. practice. It really it is. is practice about yeah. being honest, yeah. feeling comfortable with true words coming past yeah. our and, lips. And is yeah. it going to be awkward no matter how you say it, with or without the word? Yes. Uh-huh. Just like asking a girl, hey, I would like to date. So, you know, so go ahead and learn how to push through mm-hmm. yeah. those awkward barriers of, I'm not going to talk about sports and, you know, whatever yeah. forever with this person. I, I got I got things going on in my life. I, I got issues with my parents. I ha- And you can start out with things like that mm-hmm. that aren't exactly why I masturbated last night. You know, that not, not the right place to start, you know, back mm-hmm. up. Yeah. You learn. So then when you get with that girl that you think this is, she's pretty special, then you you don't have the impetus of, well, I got to share all this because mm-hmm. you've already got guys you're sharing it with. And you also have practice at how to a little bit by little bit and hopefully seeing if she reciprocates too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michael, you got plenty more great information available. How, how can uh, our listeners find you and Julie? They can find us at fmuniversity.net. That's F in, F as in future, mar- M as in marriage, university.net. Forward slash Dumbledore. D- yes. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do something. Now that you said that, I'm going to do like some secret pirate monk page because you said that. But give me a couple minutes to do that. Um, and then also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube at slash fmuniversity. Again, F for future, M for marriage, university. Okay. So, well, thank you so much. No, thank you, guys. It's always a joy to hang out with you, and I feel very fortunate that I get to live in the same town you do so we can bump into each other on a regular basis. It is a beautiful thing. All right. Hang on. We'll be right back on the po- on the Pirate Monk Every podcast, podcast now. <laughs> Every podcast. I've got to keep my podcasts straight <sighs> on the Pirate Monk podcast. Yeah, and I call my (laughs) wife by my girlfriend's name, too, and it works out the same way, Nate.
and welcome back to the Positive Sobriety <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. All right. Yeah. Okay. That, that's all I, I brought us in. Now, what's happening next? Well, I do have to tell you, I got good news today. That Speaking of the Positive Sobriety Podcast, since you brought it up, <laughs> it's, it's climbing in the ratings. It's now one of the top 200 recovery podcasts in the world. In the world? Yeah. It's jumping, so it's good. Well, maybe we should throw that name in at the end of every segment that we're uh, talking out of. <laughs> All right, hey, we got some we got some great guests coming up. Uh, a great opportunity to uh, announce to Samson guys uh, on our next episode. You're going to want to hear about, uh, yeah, some new support opportunities are going to be available through our good friend Michael Leahy. Uh, so I guess, and I, really, it, I, I th- this has gone long this week, has it? No, we're actually about way earlier than usual. You're just feeling like it's going long. But there was a th- th- there was there was a mini meeting. Oh yeah, there was a mini there, meeting. Yep, you're right. Okay, I wasn't doing a virtual edit in my mind just <laughs> yet. You're right. We're going long now. Well, okay. Well, until next week, then. I'm Nate. Oh, I'm Aaron. Yeah. This is MJ, and uh, we're your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Okay.